Ladies and gentlemen. final battle as, as, as Archie's Bishop Leader is coming up in just a couple of days, but you know, Jeff, I'm going to start with a little bit of an icebreaker, because we're actually recording this on Wednesday, December 5th, so we're about nine days before uh, final battle, and about, what, five days before the show will actually air, and you remember on the previous show when I was talking about my granddaughter being over, and how she said, how she was talking to the Google stuff? Yes, yes. Well, I got a text from my wife saying that um, so you tell stories about your granddaughter on the show, but you never tell any stories about, funny stories about me. <laughs> well, this is the one I, I think it's going to be. This way, Dave, you opened yourself up for this because you said you don't get funny you on the show or not. So, so this morning, um, again, <laughs> she told me that uh, we're not going to get any mail today, and I and I'm not a social media person. I don't pay attention to the news, so I had no idea what was going on. So I asked her, uh, "Well, why not?" And she said, "Because it's a National Day of Mourning for George H. W. Bush." I said, "Oh, okay, that's cool." And she said. Well, I don't remember them doing that for Joe Ford when he died. And I said, oh, that's because he was never even elected and he was a bubbling fool. And she said, oh, well, who was the last president that died? And I said, George Bush. And she gave me a look like if she was Cyclops, my head would have been cut off. And I said, hey, you walked right into it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think both were writing something from you today, too. <laughs> They did. In fact, in fact, your chick uh, said to me when I told her the story that, that about the uh, George Bush thing that um, she said, "How do you come to work with more bruises?" <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, uh, that makes me laugh. So there you go, babe. There's a there's a funny story about you. Um, you wanted to hear it. There it is. So where are we going to go with this? Are we going to go NWA? Are we going to go AEW? Are we going to jump right into final battle? Well, after you and I were just at, talking, you and I were just talking about about something. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to recreate what oh I was yeah, telling. Oh yeah, Austin Aries. Um, Austin. We were talking. We were talking about the greatest man who. What did you refer to him? Aries. AFA. Uh, uh, yep, Austin right. fucking Aries. Because <laughs> um, I, I texted you, or yeah, yeah. Well, I am texted whatever. Or we, you earlier today, and I said, um, is there any question that Austin Aries is the greatest professional, all-around greatest professional wrestler alive? Um, and say so he's all crisp in the ring. He's he's fantastic in there. Um, he has never really lost a step, even if he, even when he went to WWE for a year and was off the Indies. He's gotten that right back. And promo we talked about his anniversary was just absolutely fantastic. And then I'm then I'm watching the um, Impact from October 4th, which was 10 days prior to Bound for Glory. And he comes out of the ring with a with a sling on his arm and being called to the ring by Johnny Impact, who doesn't um who who is confident because he knows that Moose and Killer Croc are 
Is that his name? Killer Croc? Anyway. Um, are out of the um, are out of the arena, and Austin comes down there. I think there it's Chris and, Cross. Uh, Killer Cross. Killer, Killer Cross. Cross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't laughed that hard in days. <laughs> I'm just picturing Austin Aries walk down to the ring dressed as Batman. Oh, uh, oh, that's yeah. Yeah, what's not? What, yeah, what's not picturing him as um, Batman? Oh. oh. Bad image. Bad Shane. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Killer Cross isn't there, Money Moose isn't there, and after Austin goes on to whiskey about how he got injured the week before, Impact says, you know, it's fine, I don't even want to fight you, I just want I just want to know face-to-face, if you will face me one-on-one at Mount Glory without bringing your backup with you, without bringing Moose and Killer Cross with you. And, and Aries, first of all, says, yeah, it's going to be one on one, and then he and then he goes on to say, "And do you know why it's going to be one on one? Because I'm the best wrestler in the world. And why am I the best wrestler in the world? And I'm paraphrasing here, guys. It's not going to be word for word. I'll I'll try to get it um, recorded at some point so I can actually play it on the show because it's just a, an amazing promo because it's Austin Aries. Um, but he says, "I know who I am. You have no idea who you are. Are you Johnny Nitro?" Are you John Morrison? Are you Johnny Mundo? Are you John Hedgeman? Are you um, Johnny Survivor? How's Survivor even going for you, Johnny? Um, or are you Johnny Impact? You see, wherever you go, you change to wherever to wherever you go. Uh, you're never constant. You have no idea who you are. Meanwhile, I've been putting in the time every single night, every single day, every single minute, every single year to becoming Austin Aries, to becoming the best wrestler in the world. So. At Down for Glory, you come down with your $1,000 haircut. Looks great. You come down with your 8-pack. It looks great. You come down with your $10,000 pants with all the jewels shining all over them. That will look great. You look like you should be the man. But I am the man. So at Bound for Glory, you come down with all that stuff. And I'll come down with my plain black tights and my plain black boots, and I don't even care if they play my entrance music, I'm going to kick your ass. And then you'll still be wondering who you are. Or, you can take the safer option, give up the match, do what Moose did, and come on board the Austin Aries train, and I will unlock the potential in you that you've never been able to unlock by yourself. And then when Impact uh, turns him down and says that he'd rather, I can't remember what he said, but he said, oh, he'd rather come down to the ring and be carried out on the ring on a stretcher than to ever join Ares. Ares said, then I just have one more thing, one more question for you. And hits him in the head with him. Well, how would you expect that to end? I would expect it to end perfectly because Ares is the greatest I will, you know, and we were talking, when you talk about it, I didn't want to say anything simply because... I really wanted to save it for the show. I knew that if I really talked about it, we'd be in like a fucking four-hour conversation about wrestling. <laughs> None of it would actually make it to air. That never no, happens. never. Uh-uh. No. It's amazing. We should be recording shows that we have offline because some of those are amazing too. But um, Well, speaking of which, I actually scheduled our, our Wrestle Kingdom show for three hours because I figured we'd probably talk oh, about it. Oh, Jesus. Long. Anyway, We have yeah. to. We're gonna, you might want to schedule it for six hours because we're going to have to go in detail about everything that's on there, and that's going to take six hours to show the show. 
Damn wrestling. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I can't disagree that um, Austin Aries may be the best talker out there right now. I, when you look at what he's doing on the mic, it's similar to things that Steve Austin did in the late 90s. It, it's just he can compel, he can um, tear on his opponent, and also, and I don't know that there's too many people out there right now that can actually do that. Maybe they can in Japan, we just don't know because it's a foliage, but when you can even a backstage drum, can you name a person close to his level right now? Um, I because I'm muted. Well, get off the news crap. Anyway, um, I guess um, let me think. I'm trying to. Think. I think Christopher Daniels is very good when he's very um when he's very when he's really intense when he's doing his his Christopher Daniels thing, but not when he's part of SCU, which we haven't seen that for a while. Um, so maybe not. Maybe there's somebody close to Aries right now on the microphone. I don't know who could be. And that's just, that's honest to God truth. I mean, I can't think of anybody in Ring of Honor this. I mean, Marty Skrull, when he does give his promos, is good, but not on that level. Same with Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle can be compelling, but he doesn't just, he doesn't make you think once you've finished, uh, once he's finished his promo, he doesn't make you sit back and go, holy shit, what did I just see? I gotta rewind that and watch it again. And Austin Aries does that. And I, honest to God, I cannot think of a person, I can't think of a person out there right now that is even anywhere near that level of, of promo ability. No, I mean, you and I both love Eli Drake, and we both think he's awesome, but he's more of the rock style. Right, where he, he relies so much on catchphrases. Right, he's he's like the Rock or Austin, where he likes so much on catchphrases. He's not guy. He's not the kind that's going to make you really think about what he's saying. Um, another guy whose whose promo style I really like in uh, Impact is um, oh, what's his name? Um, Hendry. Um, Joe oh, Hendry. Yeah. Because because it's not even really a promo style. It's just he has he has these brand new videos that he sings on basically before match and stuff where he where he's cutting down his opponents. I just think. Well, it doesn't really make you think. It just—it's really entertaining and fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as a really deep promo to that really cuts into, into the opponent, while also not, um, well, also giving the opponent props, but making them not—you know—clear it's not quite as good as Aries. You know, I can't think of anybody that does it these days. I mean, Stills was great at it. Clear was great at it. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage was great at it. Piper was amazing at it. But in this day and age, it's very hard. One guy I think we might be underrating, and maybe a lot of it is because you've really given up on on WWE programming. But uh, Champa, Champa can really give a compelling promo, and after he won the title, just every promo that he did, that I saw anyway, and I haven't. You know, watched it for a while, but every promo that I saw by him, I was just amazed at the talent this guy has. Well, I wasn't going to, into WWE. If I were, I would have also said Dean Ambrose. I think Dean Ambrose is is um, very good on the microphone, and I and I think he could even be better now that he's in that heel persona where he's 
you know, kind of descending in, into the madness. Hopefully, because that's the one thing that turned me off about him, was the fact that he was too much in the Goofy Dean and not... I mean, when he was me- a member of the S.H.I.E.L.D., when they were a Hill faction, he was that same type of talker. But once he became uh, the good guy that was a lunatic fringe, his promos just became weird. And I think that threw it off. Maybe now that he's a heel again, we can start seeing some of that greatness that he had before. I'm hoping we can. But yeah, it, it's right now to me, it's Austin Aries, uh, Tomasano Ciampa, and you're right, Dean Ambrose. And that's probably the upper echelon of talkers on the mic right now. I mean, that's the Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, and and Steve Austin of our day. Yeah, and I think I think Adam Cole could be very good at it too. But the problem is with Cole, from what we've seen recently at least, is he's he's always talking as part of a stable, so he never really gets a chance to to dive deep into things. It's more like he's always the capper on what the other guys are saying. Um, so I, but I, I remember he was a great promo in Ring of Honor. So I, I think he still has that in him. He's allowed to to show it. Um, I think he goes to a, you know a real wrestling promotion again. I think another guy that could possibly make that level Matt Taven I think yeah yeah that's a good that's a good point too he, he also doesn't get a lot of time to talk but when he does I'm very impressed by what he says I just think he needs a bit of different catchphrase I, I can't do the I'm Matt Taven it's just he's got to do something else he's got he needs another he needs another catchphrase other than that when he does talk I'd for myself compelled to listen to what he says and I did just find out that he is um, actually going to defend the real world title against uh, Dalton Castle too. So. No, I didn't know that. We have so much damn wrestling to watch. I can't keep up on all of it. Remember, I actually broke something to you today, and I think we might want to talk about that next. Yeah, that's actually. I was actually going to use that as a transition before you use it as a transition yourselves. Um, we'll do a double. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. The NWA has announced they're going to have New Year's Clash, which is a pop-up event, wherever the hell that means, um, in Tennessee. At uh, and uh, it's going to be taking place. My um, oh, is now. Uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, at the Wilma Rudolph Event Center, and they're going to be having all the most defended. Plus, they're going to have the opening qualifying matches of the Crockett Cup, and um, and I'm and. We're hoping that it's going to be on pay-per-view, but we're also kind of dreading it being on pay-per-view because <laughs> it's the same weekend as Wrestle Kingdom, New Year's Dash, and Live at the Cottage. I'm just going to have to tell Melly that she can't see me that weekend at all because I am now going to be watching 45 hours of wrestling days. Plus, talk about <laughs> oh, my hours. God. <laughs> um, did, and, and you just said her name. I'm not sure if you were allowed to oh, there. Oh, I'll take um, Susan. <laughs> Uh, I love getting you in trouble. Yeah, you do it so well too, you prick. <laughs> um, yes, and the other the other NWA news is is that actually this coming weekend, a match that you I don't think either one of us knew about is Nick Aldis is defending NWA World Championship at House of Hardcore against Brian fucking. Well, Hitch. if you were a watcher of and the NWA channel, like I've told you to make sure you keep up on, you would have known it last week. I, didn't I actually it. held on to it because I wanted you to see it. It was the ending of uh, that um, the episode where um, 
it was the ending of last week's episode where they talked about him facing Brian Cage, and then they also talked about the pop-up event. And yeah, really? and um. Oh, it was on Friday, though, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was. It was so it was after right. I cut up. So my bad. And it was um, you know. Billy Corgan was actually talking about how he and Jeff Jarrett go so far back and how he was really, when um, TNA first started up with their asylum shows, how he was one of the producers and helping them out with the broadcasts and everything, which still makes me wonder how the they could screw up that 70th anniversary show so bad. But besides the point, he was talking about the pop-up events, and he was saying that it's kind of a, it's a rock and roll thing where um, bands would just schedule an event like two, uh, like a month out no advertising and extra events not on their tour they just say hey we're going to play this stadium in one month by tickets oh, and that's gotcha. that's okay. what the pop-up event means and um, it, it, the card itself looks like it could be very very good and I like the way they're going with it and I like the fact that they're going to just throw a pay-per-view out there I hate the weekend they're going to do it but I like this out of the NWA. I like this aggressiveness and the fact that they're getting them back on TV so quickly after the last time they were on TV. You know, because it was, what, just two months ago? Yeah, it was October. Um, you know, I, I don't know if... <clears throat> you know, we're hoping it's a pay-per-view. I don't know that we know for sure it's going to be on Fight TV or not, but it was just announced, so maybe it's just a little bit too early. They, maybe they probably wanted to announce it on the NWA channel before they announced it on, on Fight. I'm guessing. So I'm, I'm hoping that it, it's going to be on there. We can actually watch that. I hope so. That would be. And my son doesn't have pink eye this time, so you and your, your uh, wife can come over. Well, that is still, you know, over a month away, so he might still have pink eye by then. You know, you might have to just camp out here that entire weekend, considering all that is happening. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Can't camp out because you're not going to be in your house. I have to like actually pitch a tent. In you your can yard pitch a tent in my living room. Let's build. Well, that, let's that, build a fort. <laughs> let's just make the whole living room into a fort and put a sign up that says yes. "No girls allowed." We're watching wrestling. Just so we're going to invite the girls and tell them they can throw allowed. us food every time. <laughs> They, they can throw us some food. Um, and actually, this House, this House of Hardcore event this weekend, um, I wish that we were able to see it because um, it's actually got a, it's actually in addition to the Nicolas Brian Cage match, there's also Willie Mack defending the NWA title against in a in a title versus title match against Shane Strickland, who's rumored to be going to WWE very very soon. So it might be the first you know the last big big match he has. Right. Um, he's defending the House of Hardcore TV title against Willie Mack, and Willie Mack's defending the NWA national title against Shane Strickland. And then Angelina Love is taking on Britt Baker, and um, it's got Bully Ray taking on uh, Joey Ryan. And it looks like also that um, Ethan Page is signed to appear, and so is Adam Copeland, for some reason. You know, Edge? And uh, unfortunately, though, unfortunately, though, it's also got David Arquette. Sorry, mouthful of dinner. 
Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, David Arquette is also on this yeah, show. I, I just saw a promo with Edge, too, that kind of confuses me, because he's not... For this House of Hardcore, House of Hardcore thing, he's not being the Edge that we love. He's being the rated R superstar, which kind of confuses me a little bit. But I know he and uh, Tommy Dreamer are like ridiculously good friends, so it does make sense that he would make an appearance. And I know um, Tommy Dreamer has also been trying to get Christian to make a an appearance on House of Hardcore too. So we might get ENC. Interesting. But um, the one thing that, and I don't remember this, but I, I kind of think that Tommy Dreamer does his broadcasting on um, on uh, Twitch TV. Oh. So I think we might be able to get it if we, I, I mean, I have, I'm signed up for Twitch, so I'll have to look around and see, but. For, I, for some reason, I seem to remember him talking about that. Huh, interesting. Well, you know, I, I've actually DM'd with Tommy Dreamer before some, on, on Twitter, so maybe I'll, I'll shoot him a DM and ask him about it. You know, that's the one thing I like about Tommy Dreamer is he does respond. A, yeah, he's yeah. one of the rare people that actually will respond to everything you say to him. Yeah. He's a hell of a nice guy. And he's still decent in the ring. He's not bad. Considering he was never really that top of the line, but he's one of those few people that can sell and make everybody look good. Well, you know, he's kind of like one of those, uh, you know, in uh, in in baseball, there's kind of the old adage that you know, when it, when a when a really good player starts fading, he he moves either to first base or DH. So he's kind of like. But there's also those guys that just start off at first base because they can't. They're not a great. They're not great athletes. Mark McGuire. So he's, so, right, and, and then they play first base their whole life. So I think that's the that thing that's kind of where, where Dreamer fall, falls in at is he really didn't have any anywhere to fall to. So you know, it's so now that he's older, he's he may even seem better than he used to be because of that fact. You know, he was never the most athletically gifted guy in the world. No, he was just. But he's but but he, but he was still a hundred times better than uh, Sandman, and nobody's about a billion times better than Sandman. He was just you know, he violent. I mean, his nickname, Innovator of Violence. He just, he knew how to do things that nobody had seen before. And his feud with Raven, uh, his ECW feud with Raven, still might be one of the top five or six feuds of all time. Yes. Yes, it is. Because it, it, it left the audience always wanting more. Because he lost every match against Raven. Until the very end. Well, and even then, I mean, that that was one of those feuds like Sting Flair that could have just went on for decades. Or, you know, uh, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. That could have went on for decades, too, if WWE hadn't screwed it up so badly. Um, yeah, I, I liked how they announced it, it was, that it was going to be the very last match between the two of them, and then, like, two weeks later, they were racing on Raw. Like I said, they screwed it up so badly. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just like uh, and I re- emphasizing. How I remember right. saying that to you uh, when it first happened, and it's like I I never understood why they advertised as the last match ever, because they had, they literally had Sting versus Flair. That 
that rivalry was so compelling and every match they did was top notch that they could have ridden that match for 10 years and they chose not no, to. No, actually, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's not say Flair vs. Sting because Flair vs. Sting never even only had one great match in their entire history. It's actually more Brett versus Owen. Oh, you know, you're right. The only problem with that is that Brett and that Owen was not never really seen on Brett's level. Um, not from a fan perspective. I mean, from yeah, that, yeah, that's probably from true. a wrestler fanatic perspective. Yes, he was. But from a fan perspective, especially at the time, you had the world champion going up against a mid carder because nobody realized that he was the blue blazer. He he just all of a sudden showed up as Owen Hart, Brett's younger brother. Well, when he was a blue blazer, he was a jobber. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually that's a good point though. Um, I think that um, I'm gonna say, I think I think by the time that um, yeah, because it, it was during I mean during that feud basically is what made it was what made Owen. I mean, you know, Brett. Arguably was made well, not even arguably was, was made by Mr. Perfect, and then, and then Brett's the one that actually made his brother Owen as far as being a superstar. And by the time Owen had actually died, I think he was really at that world title level. But but I I agree that he probably wasn't at that world title level when he was actually wrestling. Title. Does that make sense? Perfect sense, and I've said that before, and that I mean that's one of those things too where when Owen. After Brett got screwed at Survivor Series, and Owen came back and you know wanted to take out Brett Michael or Shawn Michaels, Brett Michaels, Jesus, Shawn Michaels, they had a chance to push Owen up to that level that Brett worked so hard to get him to, and they screwed it up by throwing him into a tag team, by having him wrestle uh, uh, Triple H. You know, they literally said, "Eh, you know what? We don't think you're there." And it, it was sad because I, at that time, I can't think of anybody who was a better seller in the ring. Yeah, sorry about that. My dog decided to pull up the board on my phone. I didn't want to chew on the phone line. You need to get better tasting bones. Not touching the <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and actually, honestly, in my opinion, Brett, Brett, and Owen were in one of the most overrated matches of all time. Oh, the um, cage match, WrestleMania. Yeah. What was it, WrestleMania ten or whatever? SummerSlam. Uh, that was like, that was his second match during that night, uh, or his first match in a where he, didn't he wrestle um, Yokozuna that night? And that was well, no, I, well, no, the WrestleMania match I think is 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 justifiable. It's the it's the cage match that I think is from SummerSlam. Most cages that make cage matches that era were overrated. Well, right, but people call that the greatest match, greatest cage match of all time, and I didn't even like it personally. I just, I, it was all, it was. I don't like matches that are races, and that, and that, not racist, but races. <laughs> and the entire, and and that's what all they did in that match was they were racing to see who could who could climb the the cage first, and it's just. There was they weren't even really fighting each other. They were just trying to do that, and I hated it. Mm, it does make sense. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, let's let's move on. <laughs> so, House of Hardcore. Are we still on House of Hardcore, or we have we moved on? Uh, well, I think we're gonna. I think we're we're gonna look into whether we can watch it on Twitch, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what I was doing. I know I was doing something. Well, I didn't know if you were doing it right this minute. I was just saying. Hmm, there's a multimedia thing here. Let me go click on the multimedia link on the on the web on their website and see what that's. Attaboy. There you go. Look at you thinking ahead. Watch original House of Hardcore video content straight from our YouTube channel. Oh, good. We have another YouTube channel to follow, Jeff. Good lord. <laughs> I can't do anymore. <laughs> you can just call me Shane. You don't have to call me good lord. Do you know how many notifications I get now? Um, more than you can actually read? Ugh. Yeah, Twitch. They're on Twitch. But live? Let's find out. Let's go to Twitch and find out. I'm sure they are, because... I know he talks about whenever he does a show, he has to set up uh, TV production and everything, too, so it does make sense that it would be on Twitch. Interesting. And I'm a fan of Twitch anyway, so I, I there's a couple different people I follow on it. Well, you know, Impact also does Twitch specials, too. Yeah, I know. I couldn't get into them. If you look at this, he has Twitch shows that are available. Like House, he's got a couple of his shows that are available on Twitch right now. Recent ones, or are they like older, older ones? That's that's what I'm wondering is whether we're, we're going to be able to watch it live on House of Hardcore 52. How many has he done? My God, I would say 51. <laughs> Here's your sign. <laughs> I tried to recover from that. I think we've lost Jeff. Well, are you going to talk again? Maybe. <laughs> Depends on if I've punished you enough yet. You walked into it just as just as just as much as your girl and my girl walked into it. Which today. is why I'm over here crying right now because I saw it coming. As it was coming out of my mouth, I went, "Oh Jesus!" <laughs> That's so funny. Um. Wow. Now I have a funny Jeff story. I'm listening. This kind of funny Melissa story to tell Jeff. That's awesome. She'll just listen to it. I would, tell Ke- I, would tell, I would tell Kelly too, but I'm sure you're gonna I'm sure you're gonna texting her right now about it. Nope, nope, not right now. Okay. And remember it's Susan, not Kelly. Oh yeah. It's it's uh it's Kelly. We're still <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> well she listens to you as enough as it is. I can't imagine she'd want to listen anymore. I don't want to listen anyway. to me anymore. <laughs> uh me neither, show over. Oh. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do another uh, indie interview for final, uh, our main topic. We've done a terrible job anyway. That's no big deal. That's, that's what we do. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, all elite wrestling because um, you had you, well. Let, let's 
go with what the Bucks said in, in an interview just a few days ago. I'm not sure if you saw this or not, Jeff, but they were asked on the Wrestling Perspective podcast with Katie Williams and Dennis Farrell about the recent filings for All Elite Wrestling, which is believed to be led by Tony Khan, who's the son of Jaguars owner Shahid Khan, um, and the fact that the trademarks are at the same address as the stadium for the Jaguars. And Matt said that um, we're, that his quote was, we're in a situation now where we don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we want to protect ourselves in case we decide we want to do something. We want to be proactive, and we want to get ahead of this thing. We are all sticking together, and we're going to do this thing as a unit. So whatever we decide to do, we absolutely are going to do this as a team. We're going to do this as the elite. It's going to be an interesting 2019. Um, Nick went on to say that they literally have offers on the table from everyone. And Matt um, chimed in that there are investors that want to work with them as well. Nick went on to say there's still a lot to be discussed. We haven't really said no to anything. We just keep, we're just keeping our options open and protecting ourselves at the same time. I'll tell you this. They've still been very active in negotiating with us to, to stay um, in talking about Ring of Honor. And as far as the ROH part goes, we've made our decision. I don't want to give that away either because we have a huge storyline on our show being the elite, so I don't want to give away spoilers. And Matt said they've been incredible partners. Whatever happens on January 1st, I'll never take that away. So <clears throat> very interesting um, stuff. I, and I think it's partly true and partly they're just kind of – putting a snow job because they really don't want to announce anything in in, uh, in advance of, of them being actually totally ready to go, and of course, before their contracts are up on and on December 31st. You had asked me earlier what I think, you know, what I think is going to happen, how everything's going to work out with them, and what I said, and, and correct me if I, if I missed anything that I said earlier, Jeff, but um, I said that I think that what's going to happen is that the Bucks and Cody are going to be working on getting um, getting all into okay, well getting all in rest, all elite wrestling set up and starting off with all into double or nothing which I think is going to be in May that's what I believe since September I'm I'm going to stick with that prediction I don't know why it's just a feeling that I've had um, and that they're going to be working on getting that set up probably with Paige and Skirtle's help. And in the meantime, they're going to be working per diem for companies like Ring of Honor, EWG, New Japan, Impact. And well, at the same time, Kenny Omega is going to sign another one to two year contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling with a stipulation in there that he's able to work for his friends at All Elite Wrestling. And then Kota Ibushi will keep doing what Kota Ibushi has done for years, which is just being a free agent and, and kind of go where the wind takes. Um I, I really can't see Coda going um, to WWE, and I can't see Kenny going anywhere without Coda. So I think that's so I think that's kind of um, where we're at with that. And there's also the the undeniable fact that as great as the Young Bucks are, if they go to WWE, they're just going to be jobbers because that's what WWE tag teams are. I can't disagree with any of that. I mean, it. That was one thing that really scared me. Even beyond them 
not being on TV, falling out of the mind's eye and everything. If they had gone to WWE, Cody would be right back to a Stardust gimmick. Kenny would get a small run at the top, just because I'm sure that's the contract he would have signed where he would have ended up facing AJ Styles at WrestleMania and so on. And then he would have been right back down to a mid-carder. The Bucks would have just been jobbed out. The only one, and Skrull, uh, I don't even know if Skrull would have made TV. I think he'd be an NXT guy for the rest of his life. And it's not because these guys aren't talented. It's because this is what WWE does. The only one of that bunch that fits the WWE mold is Adam Page, and they would tame him down so much that he'd be Baron Corbin. It's it's what I said from the beginning. I just think that's a horrible, horrible idea for these guys. And now we've lost Shane. We've lost Shane. <laughs> Shane, are you there? Shane, are you there? Or did we lose you again? Did we lose you again? Okay, yeah, your microphone, your new headphones are not good. Just saying. How about now? All right, now we got you. Wow, I thought I turned myself mute and I turned myself unmute. So that's <laughs> all right. Interesting. So my microphones are good. I just, I just have to get used to. It. Um, I don't have to edit out all that crap too. But anyway, <laughs> um. Oh man, we're, we're oh um, what I what I can the thing I can see with them doing you know, or I, the only reason I can really see them going there is because of the money, and because you know they've got they've got buddies on NXT that they could work there. But as for, if they if they really think they're going to WWE and be big stars, that's never going to happen. It's just not. No, it it can't. It, they don't. None of them fit the WWE mold. Well, I think Omega does. I really do. I think Omega could be a major star there, but I don't think he's going to do it without Kota Ibushi, and and I don't think Ibushi's going to sign there, and I and I don't think he would he would really want to be a big star when all of his friends are not. I mean, I mean he'd have to basically he'd have to basically get the same kind of power like right away that the Click got in like '96, and the business is completely different since then. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Not even the Shield has that kind of no. power. And, I mean, those three have been positioned to be the top of the company. So, right. eh, I, I... Whenever all the part-timers all die off or something, then they, they might get to be the top. I don't think that'll ever happen. Unfortunately, I don't think they're ever going to die off. They'll be trotting out, trotting out Damian Sandow before they let him die off. <laughs> but he'll be dressed up as Roman Reigns, so nobody will be able to tell the difference. Oh, let him come out in that Magneto costume that he did. It's sad, because Damian Sandow, when he was WWE, was the most underrated wrestler on the planet. When he went under his real name, which I'm not even sure what that is, cut his hair, shaved his beard off, and tried to come out like he was a big deal, I've never seen anybody flounder that fast. But he did win the uh, he did win that one championship for him that for TNA that 
brand championship where, the, where it was like an MMA fight for three uh, rounds. It doesn't count. I still don't believe in the grand championship. I think that was a gimmick that was horribly done. That was back when TNA was not good. They needed Don Callis to come in and, and spark it up a little. Yeah. And you know, do you know who won the championship and then retired who? it? The greatest man of who Of course he did. Because why wouldn't he? Yeah, because he was the belt collector at the time. Which is perfect and a good way for it to go away. Yes, because Austin Aries was both the world champion and the grand champion because he was the grand world champion. Oh, anyway. perfect. <laughs> anyway, so I think, I, think, I think Matt's right about it being an interesting 2019 for not just for the elite, but for wrestling fans because I, I think it's, we're all going to be very excited what's going on. We're, we may not know for still another month or two what's going on, but um, I, think it's just, I think it's just fun to touch base on this every so or so just to see if there's been more clues or more on the way, you know, I don't guys like Tony Khan apply for a trademark if there's not there's not um, fire there with along with smoke. So, so I, I think that Matt really is keeping. I think they really are keeping their options open. But I do think at least Cody and Connor are going to be going forward in some capacity with all Elite Wrestling. I just I just think that you know because at the even though the Bucks are quote unquote keeping their options open, I know Cody's not going back to WWE. He would never do that. I can't imagine the Bucks going there either. And, or when you listen to the comments that Marty Skrull made or Adam Page turning them down, I just I can't see any of these guys actually going there. Well, and, and the other thing is that um, there's a there's something that the phrase we're keeping our options open is really good at doing. Driving the dollars up, driving up those offers. So. Um, so, you know, I, I think that. Uh, they're probably just gonna try to get the best deal they can in appearances and things like that. You know, I, I don't think they're gonna be beholden to any one company or that else going forward. Which is really smart. Really, really smart. And whether or not they ever compete with WWE on a, on a major basis is beside the point. The point is gonna give us at least a work and and another company that I think we can all be proud of as professional wrestling. That's point curse if another company style. When you look around at everything that's going on in the independence it's so much better now than it was ever has been before. And even if, let's just say, I mean, yeah, the WWE scoop, scoops up all the most talented wrestlers. Yes, they do. I mean, and they, they kind of water down. Like, AJ Styles is so watered down from what he's doing that he's almost hard to watch. But he still is that top-notch wrestler that really puts on amazing performances every time he's out. And you get the same thing with Daniel Bryan and Seth Rob, uh, well, yeah, oh. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose and all these guys, Samoa Joe. They're, yeah, they're watered down versions of what they were, but they still, if you can appreciate the business and realize that you're watching quote unquote entertainment, I think you can still enjoy these guys. It's just, it's not my kind of wrestling. So I would rather check it out occasionally and see what's going on maybe watch a good match here but i'm not going to invest time but there's so many things going on in the wrestling world when you've got new japan you've got uh um ring of honor you've got the nwa making all of these small territories mean something again you've got tommy dreamer and doing his house of hardcore every now and then and you've got so many things going on that it's just it's fun 
wrestling has become fun again if you know where to look. Right. It, it really has. And uh, this is interesting. I'm just going to read this, too, because it's, it's just interesting. As you, I also clicked on a link in the article I was reading about the Bucks, and, and uh, it had a link on there that um, CM Punk was asked about if he would join in organization and the Young Bucks. Do you want to hear what he had to say? Of course I do. Okay. He said... Um, I think those, at this point, what those guys decide to do would be great for them and their families. If I was asked what I would do or what I would say to them, because they could obviously go to WWE whenever they want, or is this what's best for your family? And I think we live in a time now where WWE is not the end-all, be-all, like we were just saying. I don't think it has been for quite some time. I think the stigma that it is is still there and probably will persist for many, many years. But enough people have been there and left that can, I guess, extol the knowledge of, hey, you know what? The place ain't all that. And I'm in a spot now where I've been gone, what, five years? Maybe the place has changed. I've got people who text me and say otherwise, but there's ways to make money and support your family outside of that. With also being able to satisfy the, creative, the side of your brain that's creative, the side of your brain that loves professional wrestling, the reason you bought a pair of boots in the first place. And I think those guys can definitely do that. I think they can command their price if they want there, but if they did go there, then they'd just be another guy. Just like everybody else on that show. It's amazing. The more time the show gets, the less time it really seems they develop new characters. I would always listen. I would listen to them because just like Dave, I like the Young Bucks. I text with Matt on and off. But business is business. I know Cody was out there in the media saying that an offer was made for the All-One event in September. An offer was not made. Calling me up or texting me saying, hey, if you want to come on the show and do something, we'd love that, is not an offer. That's not an offer. There's other things. There's a couple more loose ends that I'm still trying to tie up to fully absolve me from the world of pro wrestling. I feel I've been attached to it since the day that I left it, and that's mostly because of Fagazi lawyers and such. But we're wrapping all that up, and that'll come to an end. And once I'm truly free, we can explore the world and just float and hang out. And I can walk my dog and drink coffee and do commentary for Dave Scholler and continue to train at Rupa Sport. And do all kinds of stuff. I've earned it. I've paid my dues. So. The one thing he didn't say there, Jeff, in case you didn't notice, was no. <laughs> he did not say, no, I'm not going to come I back. I did up. catch that, but at the same time, he threw everybody he could under the bus. He did, because you see him. Right. That's what he's done, that's what he's done his entire life. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, there's a reason he and Colt have been up from being best friends to being, you know, fairly acquainted. Legitimate enemies? Yeah. A lot of that's because uh, CM Punk kind of threw everybody under the bus, the whole doctor thing. Yeah. It, I mean, Brooks is a hell of a talent, and he proved that he can be a little guy in a, a... I mean, he was really the first actual little guy to become WWE champion. Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, if you think about it, Red Hart was not a little guy, neither was Shawn Michaels. but. CM Punk was the, kind of the first guy that could have been labeled as cruiserweight at you know one point in his career to become that type of champion, and his ego just ruined it all, which is kind of sad. 
Well, yes and no. I mean, I mean, I think WWE did wrong by him too. I really do. You know, I I I think that in 2011 when he won that championship from Cena, they should not they should have more, be more than a one month championship reign, and they should not have ever had Alberto Del Rio cash cash on, on him to take that championship, and they should not have jobbed him out to Triple H the next month. You know, I mean, I mean, so they they really. Even though they gave him a 434-day reign after that, his momentum had already been effectively killed at that point. Well, yeah. He, he could have been he could he could have been the hottest thing since Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then when they even then when they finally gave him that championship run, he was never even the main event of the show. Well, yeah. So I mean, it was it, it, so I, I do think he's got a, a right to be bitter about what happened. They did kill the summer of Punk. Yeah. Just by having him job out to Triple H. I mean, even him losing the belt wasn't enough to stop his momentum. It was when he jobbed out to Triple H. That was the end of it. Well, and that was even the third summer of Pump. I mean, I mean, the second one in WWE, but the third one total. The, the second one, the first one in WWE in 2009, he got jobbed out to The Undertaker because he told Undertaker that if Cena doesn't dress up, he shouldn't have to dress up. I mean, that's just a bunch of, bunch of fucking bullshit. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's unbelievable. It is. I mean... So, you know, another rumor I heard just just this week was that um, while they can't obviously, quote-unquote, tamper with the contract, there have been feelers sent out to Shinsuke to see whether he wants to come back to NJPW. So, assuming that Kenny Omega wins at WrestleMania and he holds on to his championship and is, and is holding that title going into Supercard, would you rather see in the main event, just assuming these are the two options, it's a it's a um it's a binary option you have. You you can choose you can choose no no other choices. Um Kenny Omega versus Shinsuke Nakamura or Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. Which Shinsuke are we getting? Are... Well, we're not getting this we're not getting the Shinsuke from twenty fifteen, but we're probably not gonna get the Shinsuke that that there is right now either. It'll be probably somewhere between God that's tough. Because Shinsuke, even a, a spiced-up version of what he is now would be great. But CM Punk, I guess, if it was CM Punk in his prime when he you know, left the business, when he was uh, putting on classics with The Undertaker and things like that, I'd probably go with CM Punk at this point. Just because I think Shinsuke has been so watered down, he's not even the same guy anymore. Well, you know, the thing is that Madison Square Garden's already sold out for that event, so they're not going to sell any more tickets for it. But if you put CM Punk in his very first match back against Kenny Omega for the for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, I think that's really going to raise the raise the number of buys on Fight TV for that event. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd definitely pay to see it. I'm unfortunately probably going to pay to see it anyway, but I definitely would have paid to see would pay to see that. Well, I'm fairly sure we'll already, we're already get as part of our honor club, club subscription. But. I, I the only thing that concerns me about CM Punk coming back is CM Punk politics and what he what he's known for and what he does. I think if we could get if we could get CM Punk as the talent that he is, and just the talent, that would be great. If we get him at the politicking guy that he was throughout his entire career, 
I think it would ruin whatever good thing that could happen out of it. And he'd end up, he would end up beating Kenny Omega somehow, and it just would be good. <laughs> Not good, huh? <laughs> well, for I just I yeah. just have a problem with people that in the ring. Like, and we talked about it when Brock Lesnar walked in and on his first night in NJPW, he won the title, and AJ Styles on his first match won the title. These were active wrestlers. To have a guy like CM Punk who hasn't wrestled in what five years at this point, yeah, just about would be absolutely. And he would be the kind of guy that would politic to get that. I think that's what would really bother me. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily the case because, you know, I, what I think would be, would be a great move for him in a, in a couple of different ways. Number one, he'd get a huge payday out of it. Number two, he would be in the main event for a world championship in April, number three, he'd really, he'd really be sticking it to WWE. You know, by having an event that weekend, the same weekend as WrestleMania, for a company that would never put him in their event at WrestleMania, I think, I think, you know, everything is aligned where Punk would not care about the politicking because he he would just be doing what he wants to do, and would be in that spotlight that he always wanted to be in. I think I think that it would really be an amazing um, moment for Punk. And for wrestling fans, if that were the case, and of course, if he had gotten, if he got himself in, in great wrestling shape, because we don't want him to see him go out in there and blow himself, blow out in like five minutes, like The Rock did against Cena or something. You don't want to see him be Cole Cabana in a tables match, is what you're saying? You don't want to see him laying on the floor in three and a half seconds of the match starting, is what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, and I'm sure he's already in great shape because he's been training for MMA. But but MMA is a different beast than than professional wrestling. Professional wrestling is probably the most strenuous sport there is. Well, yeah, because a lot of it as well. Where I mean, if you look at MMA, yeah, you have game plan and it's mental. But once you get punched in the face, it changes everything. And with uh, professional wrestling, you've got a script that you've got to run down. You've got to keep in the back of your head. You've got to learn to adjust on the fly. But it's as much mental as it is physical, which is a huge strain on anybody in the ring. Right. So, yeah. So I mean, that that's where the CM Punk thing is. That's where the that's where we're that with AEW. And so let's go ahead and take a commercial break, and then we'll be back to talk about final battle. And we are back. Welcome to Kingdom of Honor. And coming up this coming Friday is Ring of Honor's biggest show of the year. And it's an, actually a very stacked card that I'm completely pumped for. Um, Jeff, you said you're, you're kind of getting there. I'm, I'm a bit surprised by that, but I, mean, I think it's going to be an amazing amazing show. I mean, there's really only one match on the card that I'm kind of iffy on. And even that match is one of our favorite wrestlers. I think a lot of it is because of what Ada, or what the Elite is going to be doing afterwards. And the fact that you've got SCU and this is their final, you know, chance, it's it, a lot of it's predictable. And I think that's the one thing that's kind of holding me back from being super geeked about it. But the matches themselves are going to be amazing. Just 
absolutely amazing. Even all of them, including the the women's championship match. There's not a bad match on this card. It's just the fact that there's so much predictability with it. Well, there is, but, you know, as we talked about before, there's also TV tapings the next day for, like, the next, what, four weeks of TV shows. So just because these guys are coming in in spots where you think where you think they'd have to lose does not necessarily mean they're, mean they're going to lose. They could, they could win the championship and then drop it back on TV, or they could win the championship and be wrestling on these per diem bases. I mean, um, you know, we saw... We saw um, Kyle O'Reilly win the ROH World Title from Adam Cole when he didn't sign a, a contract and he ended up dropping the title at Wrestle Kingdom. Took back to Cole. So I mean, it's it's not out of the question that one of the, that the the elite guys could win the could win the match to win the championships and then uh, drop them at a, you know at a, at a soon to be determined date. And the same thing with SCU, really. I mean, Daniels. I mean, yeah, Daniels probably has to beat Skirl, but the other guys already have their contracts signed, so it doesn't matter if um, Kazarian and, and Sky lose because they've already got their contracts signed by Joe Cobb in the storylines. Yeah, the, I mean, that's true, but I, I still can't see them actually losing that because the deal was the end of the year. Well, it was, but now their but now their contracts are already signed, so that so the final battle thing doesn't matter anymore because because now they have contracts that are signed by, by both by both parties. Since when in wrestling has a contract mattered? Hey, it always mattered for the big show. He had a, he had an ironclad contract. Uh, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> but I don't. It, I mean, I'm interested to see you know. And one thing that I actually thought about too, when we were um, talking about. Elite and all the all elite wrestling. Flip Gordon. Can you see him going with those guys? I can see him wrestling for those guys, but I'm pretty sure he's he's actually under contract with Ring of Honor, so he can't just actually can't just uh, sign with. Him. Well, because right I mean, as much as he's not been taken into the fold, he truly is one of the elite, and he's been a character on that show for what two years now. Yeah, something like that. At least a year. It's been longer than that. It was before the whole Cody Kenny thing. Hell, it was when Adam okay. Cole was still there. That's true. Yeah, so I suppose two years would probably be about right. Then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's like I said, I'm sure he's going to work with them, but whether or not he'll actually sign with them, who knows? I just, I really hope that they do have what they've been doing or what they did with All In, where they just end up working with every company, just make it NWA light. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I, I would, I really would like to see something like Hangman Page take on um, Pentagon Dark. Pentagon Jr., whatever you that want. That would be amazing. Yes. And so would, um, I can't even think of it now. But you know, Paige and Ryan still have to have their blue. Oh, isn't, didn't Ryan go to WWE? I thought he, Joey Ryan in WWE? I thought he signed with NXT. Or was it, no, it's Impact. Joey, he signed with Impact. Impact. Oh, yeah. did he? Okay, I was going to say, Joey Ryan in WWE just would not. No, he, he signed with Impact. So, 
Yeah, but there's impact guys at all right. in, so there's no reason that can't happen. Yeah, that's true. And I probably should not say Joey Ryan and blow-off match in the same Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> but speaking of Hangman Page, he's actually going to be taking on Jeff Cobb in probably my mo- match I'm most excited for on the show. That's just going to be an absolute awesome battle between two hard-hitting... Um, you know, as much... Two hard-hitting As much guys. as I'm looking forward to that one, and I'm also really looking forward to Daniels versus Skrull. Those two matches yep. I really badly want to see. But the one I think I'm the most interested in is Matt Taven versus Dalton Castle. I think Matt Taven, in this last three to four months of the year, has really proven himself to the point where he might actually crack my top ten on best of the year. On, on Wrestler of the Year. He's gotten that good. And Dalton Castle was in my top 10 before this started. So the fact that you've got these two working together and what they've been doing on TV and their promos and, you know, the um, Kingdom versus versus Castle and the boys has just been fun to watch. I, I'm really, really looking forward to this match, and I think it could be a barn burner. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome, and and there and there's actually like a lot of legitimate heat between the two too. You know, some of these matches are just um, you know kind of thrown together, but Taven and Castle, they do not like each other. Taven's beaten Castle, I think once, lost to him once, and then of course there's the there's the whole match where he had the visual pinfall for eight seconds on him in the in the match where Jay Lethal actually won the Ring of Honor World Title, which is which is where Taven's claiming that he's the real world champion. So, I mean, and and then, of course, you know, the, it was uh, Castle returning to fight Taven in the kingdom when he returned to, to team up with uh, Gresham and Lethal. And and ever since then, they've kind of been at, e- at each other's throats. And, of course, there was the there was the beat down at Glory by... At, uh, not Glory by Honor, but one of the Global Wars shows. So, I mean... These guys are these guys have have uh, one of the legitimate views going on to this show and I and I think it's just going to be an an excellent um excellent match and, I, and you know Taven I think you know he's he's going to have to win this one to prove he actually is the the real world champion um but I mean it's just I think it's going to be a great match between these two and Castle like I said either last week or the week before you know I love the way he's transitioning his character from being the the uh, flamingo guy and, and being a, a tougher competitor, so I don't think there's anything any question that this match is going to be. The only thing that I really want out of Ring of Honor before the end of the year is to have Ian Riccoboni refer to the boys as Britt and Brandon. <laughs> That's the one thing that I want to happen. Make it happen, Ian. Make it happen. But but if they do that, then they can't be, then they can't have the commentators argue about which ones which ones boy one which ones the boy. They can two. argue about who's Brit and who's Brandon. You still can't tell them apart. Well, one is blonde hair. I'm still just flabbergasted that they have names. That was the one thing about that uh, that crap you made me watch that uh, blew me away. Is that those two have real names? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's kind of like the Usos, Uso one and Uso two. Now it's, you know, it's it's uh, boy one and boy two. You know? Isn't it Brit and Brandon Uso too? I think. S- what? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> the 
The only other match on this card that has any real heat behind it is uh, Bully Ray versus Flip Gordon. Um, yeah, that's going to be awesome. It's, it's, and I think that's really going to be that's been building since what uh, Best in the World. Oh, it's right? been longer than that. So, yeah, so I mean, I mean, it's it's been a it's been you know most of the year these guys have been feuding with each other, and it's finally going to come down to this. It's going to come down to Flip showing Bully Ray that he will not quit. And I can't imagine Bully Ray quitting either. So I mean, that's going to be kind of kind of crazy. And my stupid dog is out there barking her head off. So uh, you go ahead and ramble. I don't know that I can ramble. Haven't we tried this before and it failed miserably? Um, I I don't know. Bully Ray versus Flip Gordon. I think might act. It, it's a possibility, and it's hard for me to say this at this time in Bully Ray's career. But I honestly think that this match could be this one that steals the show uh it just there's everything about the storyline that's set up the the fact that we're seeing this new improved flip gordon and um bully ray is bully ray um granted he's an older bully ray and i don't know that he can really really perform the way that he has because let's face it in the last six seven months he's really done nothing except swing a kendo stick but it's just one of those I, I think it's a great time for the payoff. I think the the heat behind it is is been building for long enough that it, it's got me intrigued. I guess is the best thing I can say about it. And Intri- intrigued indeed. I mean, I I I still think Bully Ray is the best character in professional wrestling right now, and this show is taking place. In his hometown of New York City, I believe. Yeah, it? it is. Yeah, it's it's taking place in New York City, and so I think I think what we're going to see is him go out there and and you know how he's so great at, at getting the crowd against him, and and for months he's been out there going talking about how how great New York City is, how great New York is. So I think he's going to go out there and just completely turn on New York the way that CM Punk did on Chicago at Best in the World 2011. I think I think, I think we're going to get to see. Uh, Bully once again pull out a master, a master class in getting the crowd against. I I don't think anything can top his ripping up that twenty dollar bill. I s- well no prob well no probably not but but that that doesn't change the fact that he you know I think he's going to get a crowd that should be for him because he's a he's a New Yorker and has been touting New York so much on Ring of Honor television and pay per views against him I think it's going to be like a master class. It's something that I really want to see because you know they're going to play him off as a heel, so he's going to have to try and do it. Somehow he's going to have to do it. Right. But, I mean, out, and I don't know if you heard me say, but as much as I like that Castle-Taven uh, match, which I think is going to be just a classic, an instant classic, I actually think this Bully Ray Flip Gord match is going to steal the show. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it definitely might. I mean, definitely. How great is that? Um, but you know, the, the the real thing with the stealing the show though is probably going to be the latter. You know, I mean, those guys are going to be the living hell out of each other, and and those matches for Ring of Honor are always fantastic. Yeah. Especially especially when the, when you got three teams. In and there. when it's and and two and two of the, and two of the teams are two of the greatest teams of all time. And you know, when you've got Frankie Kazarian, who's just like a he's like Wolverine. The dude's just a mutant. Um, 
I, I think that's going to be good. But when you, you know how I am. I like to encompass the whole story into, into matches and ratings and all that crap. I just, I think there's so much behind Bully Ray and Flip Gordon. I think seeing this other side of Flip, cause you know, it, it, this match is predictable. I, I can't see them letting Bully Ray come out on top on this match. It, it but at the same point, even though it's predictable, it still has so much intrigue behind it because Flip Gordon has already come out on top twice. I, he won that tables match. Ah, uh, he lost the tables match. I mean, I mean he, he won it, but, but officially, yes. But, I mean, in everybody's eyes, he won that match. So it's not like he's not already gotten the upper hand. It's just on the, on the scorecard he hasn't. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes from here with Bully Ray, actually, because, um, because you know, Gordon we know has a has an ROH World Title shot coming up. Um, we know he's going to be a, he's going to be a big star in the company, especially if the Elite guys leave. I mean, he's 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 going to fill that void. But Bully Ray, you know, who's he who's he going to move on to to um, to build up after after he's done building up Flip? He's going to move on to the one guy who is noticeably missing from this card. Silas Young? Yep. There's going to come a time where Silas is going to turn on him. And I can actually see Silas becoming the face in this whole thing. In fact, I wouldn't put it past uh, a turn to happen at this actual match to cost Bully Ray the victory. Hmm, that's interesting. Because because these guys have kind of been at each other's throats while they've been partners. so. I would think it would take something more. That, you know, I don't think we've seen anything leading up to that that would cause that. Other than, you know, maybe just I was just saying, well, I'm fucking tired of it. And after their uh, Global Wars tour, I could actually see that happening. I mean, it, it, but it's weird, though, too, because as much as I could see that happening after what happened during Global Wars, the fact that he was on TV that last Global War event talking about this I Quit match and, and blowing up Bully Ray... That's where it kind of throws the whole wrench into my plans here. Because it, it, it's after the third night when they were toe-to-toe and, and you thought that they were actually going to come to blows, it was just odd to see Silas out there that very next night talking, or, well, two nights later, talking about how great Bully Ray is. I, I don't know. I just can see it happening where Flip Gordon actually wins this one, but I can see it happening where Flip Gordon wins by the same dirty deeds that Bully Ray has been doing for six to eight months now, and it be because of Silas Young turning face. Yeah, you know, you, met, you know, talking about Silas Young, you know, it, it's it's interesting because the looking at this card, it's a great card top to bottom, but it and it kind of shows you what kind of roster depth that. Ring of Honor really has because it's all because it's missing Cywish Young, it's missing the bouncers, it's missing the King, King. It's missing the kingdom um, mi- outside of Matt Taven. It, yeah, it's missing your boy Cheese. <laughs> yep. You know. So, Thank God. <laughs> so I, I mean, I mean, and and it's missing the dogs. So I mean, it's it, it's just crazy that you know the the t- roster they have right now where we're two, especially guys like. King and Sai Wei who are both two-time 
world television champions can't even make. Well, and that's just it. I mean, those are. It's like we're talking about Wrestle Kingdom, and we're talking. We've talked about WrestleMania in the past, and how there's just certain guys that should be automatic on these final shows. And you would think Kenny King and Silas Young would be two of those guys. Right. You know, and even the bouncers with the year they've had, you would think would be at least on there in some kind of gimmick match, but they're not. And there's only one tag match on this show too, which is also kind of odd when you think about it. Yeah, it is. That's true. So uh, maybe they'll add some more, but we're only 10 days away, so I, I highly doubt it. Well, and the other thing is that usually the usually the Ring of Honor cards are seven matches, and these are and this one's eight. Right. There's already there's already eight matches announced. I don't know where else they could fit they could fit another match in unless they were to move it into a four hour. Show. Which I'm so happy that they haven't done yet, and I really hope they don't. I'm happy with their three hour shows. I miss three hour. I miss two hour shows. Remember back in the day when there were two hour shows? Yes, I do. But the real reason that you don't want it to be four hours is because you you don't want to ruin your birthday your birthday week with more rest. Dear sweet Jesus, no. <laughs> I just can't. I can't even keep up now. No more. And you know, and you know, I would actually say that the Briscoes versus the Young Bucks versus um, SCU does have some heat to it because the Briscoes and the Bucks, you know, have always have heat between them. Um, it was actually the Briscoes versus the Bucks at Best in the World that led to SCU turning. And starting their feud against the Briscoes, so I mean, t- to me, these three teams all being in this one match kind of fits everything. And there is definitely heat between the Briscoes and SCU, and the Briscoes and the Young Bucks, even if there isn't necessarily between the Young Bucks and the and SCU. Right well, now. it's not SCU that there's heat between; it's the addiction. But remember, it was SCU that cheated to win the titles from the Briscoes. Yeah, did they really? Well, that's what you said. I, I mean, it was kind of weird to see a heel move from people that were trying to become, uh, you know, to show that they've changed their ways. But it technically was the Briscoes who beat the Briscoes with that chair shot. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, <laughs> but it's still the fact that, you know, Scorpio Sky, yeah, he's a member of SCU, but he's not. The one who had the heat between with the Bucks, he's not really the one that had the heat with the Briscoes. That was that was Christopher Daniels. So, as much as I want to get on board and say, oh yeah, there's tons of heat between SCU and the Briscoes or SCU and the Bucks, there's really not because you've really only got Frankie Kazarian that actually was part of all that. Well. But, it, but I mean, with the Briscoes and SCU, it was actually, you know, all three of them were beating down the Briscoes at the end of that at, back at uh, Best in the World. So, and they actually have had singles matches involving Sky as well against those two. So, I mean, there's, it's, I think that it fits that they're still heat between those two, even if, you, even if you want to say that the Bucks don't have heat with Sky. I mean, you could have said at the end of, was it Best in the World? When? Yeah. No, when, um, no, what was it? What event was it when they had? the championship match where Kazarian got just the living shit beat out of him. Um, 
Death Before yeah. Dishonor. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there was like, with Scorpio Sky standing up to the Briscoes, maybe you could say there was some revenge heat there, but it just, he doesn't fit the addiction. The addiction are the ones that have gone through hell and back with the Bucks. I mean, that was one of their greatest rivals. You know, and then the same thing with the Briscoes. The Briscoes beat the shit out of Kazarian and literally cut the ring off and made it a two-on-one match where they ended up beating the shit out of, uh, out of Christopher Daniels, too. I mean, it's not... Scorpio Sky being a part of SCU is great and all, but that's like throwing... X-Pac in with Road Dog against uh, the Road Warriors. But let's not forget, Jeff, that it was also Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian that beat the Briscoes at All In. So, you know, the Briscoes have faced off against this team twice, and they've lost both times against yeah, them. true. That is true. I don't know. I just, so, I, mean, I, I think this match is going to be great. I, I, I guess I'm not trying to take away from that. I just... I think that the players are phenomenal. I love seeing the Bucks. I love seeing the Briscoes. I just wish it was the addiction and not Kazarian and Sky. Well, but then what would Sky be doing to try to keep his job? Yeah, because he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve a world. That's title. true. And Christopher Daniels, he never really did get his one-on-one rematch. No, he didn't. So that, I mean, I guess that does make sense. Yeah, and in fact, in fact, I know you. I know you haven't watched the most recent Ring of Honor. I know you hadn't. I'm halfway through it right now. Yeah, so they, I mean, there's actually a, um, uh, a backstage segment on there that shows how this match came to be. Really? Basically, basically, Skrull, um was Skrull after the match. When, you know, Daniel said, "Well, you didn't actually beat me. It was it was actually the elite that beat me. It was Bullet Club that beat me. It was you and Page that beat me. You couldn't. Have, you can't beat me like one on one." And Skrull said, well, yeah, I know I can beat you one-on-one. And then Daniel said, well, do you know it enough to put up your title shot against me? So that's how it came. I mean, he did challenge him, though, during that commentary in that first match. Yep, that's so, I And I've gotten through the first match and halfway through the second one. I just I haven't had time to finish it. But um, it, it just, it, by the way, Marty Skrull on commentary is classic. <laughs> there, there were a couple of lines he did during that that just made me literally laugh out loud. Which, to be honest, I think that whole LOL thing needs to be altered to GTM. Giggle to myself because have you ever actually laughed out loud? Uh, yes. But really, liar. Ninety percent of the time, though, you just giggle to yourself. So, uh, well, yeah, but you said have I ever <laughs> ever ever. Encompasses that other ten. Yeah, that's a good point. Ninety percent of the time, let's change it. We're gonna have the GTM movement right now. I'm gonna Twitter this shit right now. You do. <laughs> anyway, um, there were a couple of things that Marty Skrull had said about how uh, Christopher Daniels uh, hangs out with his buddies and and relies on catchphrases. That that line, unless you're watching Being the Elite all the time, that line kind of uh, just skimmed by you. But that was funny. That was a really funny yeah. line by Skrull. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I also I also thought it was funny when he when uh the announcers asked you know what was what was a or you may not have gotten to this because I think it was during the main event but um it, it Rick and Bonnie asked you know Skrull um 
how's the weather in Manchester compared to um, to Southern California? And, and uh, Skrull said, well, there's no comparison. The weather's obviously better in Manchester. <laughs> he's, he's a... <laughs> and, and Rick and Rick and like, but wait, it's, it's like warm and sunny in Southern, Cal- Southern California. And Skrull's like, well, you know, warmth isn't everything. <laughs> he's a really funny guy when you let him, just let him loose. And I, I, that's one yeah. of those things that he's proven on being the elite is that he's got a lot of character to him. And have you gone back and watched on GWN the um, British boot camp yet? It's on there. I'm not. No, I'm probably not. Oh, you have to. It's on there. You see a nice, young, clean-shaven Marty Skrull that with actual hair and not that little flip mullet thing that he has going on with his little man bun. It's definitely worth it. You're going to have to watch it. Uh, sure. <laughs> you know how busy I'm killing things in the Old West? Well, no excuses. I'm busy doing stuff. Oh, so now Susan is stuff. Okay, I'll let her know that. Was it, is it Susan or Sandra? I can't keep it straight. Or, or, or is it Skelly? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. I'm just going to end up being... <sighs> homeless? <laughs> no, I own my home. <laughs> at least, at least I won't be homeless. I might be alone, but I won't be homeless. Well, you know, it, never mind. I'm not, not going to bring up your personal life on this. Really? <laughs> well, I was going to say you, you. You said you're so you're so in love now, so maybe you might just give it give it to her without even realizing you did it, and then just yeah, I've done been there, not doing it again. <laughs> Ironclad contracts now. That's what I'm doing. Gotcha. All right. So, what do you think? What do you think about John Gresham versus Zack Saber Jr.? It sucks because I love Zack Saber Jr. so much, and I just can't. As much as I, I think you've got the possibility of a WrestleMania 13. Stone Cold versus Bret Hart on your hands. I just can't see Jonathan Gresham being that exciting. In a singles match. Yeah, exactly. I, I Without him being able to play off somebody, I just... I hope it comes out and is a five-star classic like, like I think it can be. Because... No, it can't. You don't think it can be, huh? I, no, I, the reason I, th- I don't think it can be is because there's no setup for this match. There's no real reason for these two are facing each other, except for except for a really cheesy spot on Ring of Honor Television where Gresham said he wanted to he wants to face all the great technical wrestlers in the world or prove he's the best technical wrestler. And then somehow Zack Sabre Jr., who's all the way across the country, I mean across the world in Great Britain, somehow hears him say this and appears on a monitor to accept. Gee, the doesn't that sound an awful? A lot familiar. It does, and and you know, as we let it go by, one you know, go one, when once it happened with Will Osprey and uh, and Lethal, but when it happened again, it's just like, come on, you got to stop doing. Especially this. when it's a British guy. I mean, we we could have yeah. went with somebody else. Like I would, yeah. I might have been okay with it being Pentagon Junior or something. And it's you know, I'm and I'm not even sure I'd be okay with that. I mean, I I think that. If they're going to do something like that, the guy has to actually come out from backstage, not just be on a video monitor. Yeah, kind of like uh, Eddie Edwards did to Austin Aries. 
when he made that open challenge and Eddie Edwards came out and just crushed him with that kendo stick. Um, right. Yeah, I I like the the theory behind the open challenge. I kind of, in a way, like the way Ring of Honor is doing it with having it be people that aren't technically Ring of Honor guys. Where and I and I, and I like the way that it pops the crowd too. I mean, the crowd obviously pops in these in these spots, but it's like if you think about it logically, it doesn't. No, work. it doesn't. It really doesn't. And 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 if you can and if you can fly these guys in for a show, you can fly these guys in to come and make an appearance. Too. But the one thing I did notice about what you had just said there is how you can't see it being that instant classic because there's no storyline behind it. You're the one guy that I've always argued against about the storyline being important. Well, but there's got to be something. I mean, there's got to be some kind of a, a reason why, they, why they're facing each to other. To prove and, who the best in the world is. And especially when one of the guys is already a guy that's not on my radar as being a great wrestler. I mean, it's it's got. I mean, if this was Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Seth Rollins, I could say, yeah, this is, this might be a five star class. Or if it was, or if it was Zack Sabre Jr. taking on Austin Aries, I could say, yeah, this might be a five star class. But when, but when there's those two things combined, where the guy, one guy I'm not, I'm not super excited about versus a guy I I love, and then there's also no no real reason why they're why they're facing each other. Um, this does not fit the this does not fit the uh, definition of a dream match for. Me. And so, while I'm happy to be proven wrong, I don't think this can be a five-star match. I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't think it can be either. But I think it has the potential to. And I just, I mean, Gresham is very talented. He's just boring. He hasn't, he doesn't have a character that, he has the Bret Hart character from the 90s from the early 90s. And it's just, it doesn't work in today's wrestling world. He's not somebody you can get behind. He's an incredibly talented wrestler. He just, he doesn't have that ability to get the crowd behind him. And I think in this situation, you clearly know ZSJ is going to be the heel. And when you don't have Jonathan Gresham Getting that crowd behind them, there's no, there's no possibility of a double turn. You know, Jonathan Gresham is too vanilla to ever be a heel. I think that might be the one thing that is definitely going to drag it down is the fact that nobody can really get behind Jonathan Gresham here. I, I can see the fans getting behind ZSJ before Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, and and well. That and also the fa- another thing that's going to be contributed toward that is this is actually Zack Sabre Jr.'s very first appearance for Ring of Honor. Yeah, you know he's never been in, he's never been in a Ring of Honor ring before. He's never been on a Ring of Honor pay per view before. This is his very first appearance for ROH, and that's going to be the crowd even more on his side. Yeah, I just, you know I just I just uh, and you said something else there I wanted to comment on, but I can't think what it was <laughs> I was going to say. I don't blame you. I confuse uh, myself at times. Uh, oh, I know. What, I know what I was going to say is, is uh, you know, you. Uh, and this is uh, this is probably going to come across as a criticism of you, but it's not really meant to. No, be. it is. You, you ass. Are, you are you. <laughs> you a lot of times have a have a bit of a um, of a ADD attention. A bit. 
Seriously? Yeah. I'm taking meds <laughs> for it. There's not a bit there. Okay. But when I went, but when I see Jonathan Gresham in a singles match, I get ADD. Oh. <laughs> I, I basically want to look at, any, at every at anything else. You know, I mean, I reach for my phone. I look at my computer. Um, I I go get a drink of water. You know, I I just and I, you know basically anything to look away from the screen from when he's wrestling. Kind of like. So while so while you may be right about him being a great technical wrestler, I probably don't even really know that because I'm so bored by his match. <laughs> and rightfully so, you were cut off right there. <laughs> that couldn't have happened at a better spot. Oh, are you back on yet? Are you back on now? Yeah, where did I get cut off? Where did I get cut off? Now? Right when you're about to say that you can't get behind him, <laughs> it could, that could not have cut off at a better spot. <laughs> Well, I can't I can't get behind him as a great technical wrestler because I get so bored in his matches that I uh, that I, I I don't see enough of him to know if he's a great technical wrestler. And you know the worst thing is too. And, and okay, I've since gone back and because I do this, and that's probably the reason why I can never fucking get caught up on anything. Is I go back and I watch matches. Um, I do it a lot. I, I've actually rewatched that Shinsuke Seth Rollins match like three times now. Because I just, I pick it apart to see what it is that people are raving about that I'm missing. And I've done that now with the Cody Aldis match three times as well. I've I've gone back and watched the one from NWA 70 now three times. And I see where you're coming from with Jonathan Gresham because I was the exact same way during that second fall with them out in the crowd being all whatever they were doing, I just, I couldn't get into it. So I found myself, well, you even mentioned it, that I was, uh, you asked me if I was bored by it. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I kind of am. I still can't get behind it. And I've now seen that match three times. That fall was, to me, so out of place that I just could not buy into it. Yeah, I know you felt that way. And then you felt that way at the time of the show, so... So, re- but rewatching it, you're saying rewatching it just kind of more emphasized it to you rather than dissuading you from that. You still feel exactly exactly that way. that way. I mean, that spot where he had to fill his own cup full of pop to hit all this in the face with was just it. It was embarrassing. It, it, and I don't know why I do this to myself because I should just really move on with my first opinion, and then I can actually get caught up on all the shit we're talking about. But I, I constantly find myself doing that when I hear people say that this was a you know, four-star match, five-star match, and I didn't think so at the time. I'll go back and rewatch that thing 20 times until I see what it is that I'm missing. But the, that match, I just cannot get into it. And a lot of that's the same way with Jonathan Gresham. And you kind of hit on it where you said you feel the same way when you're in a match with him. Or when you're watching his match, I actually tried to watch that horrible Iron Man match again. Oh my god! I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I'm I'm embarrassed of myself for doing it. That's funny. That's that's funny because you are, you are, you actually warned me. You actually warned me about it before I even started. Well, I told you. I mean, we're five minutes in. And they're acting like it's a sixty-minute Iron Man match, and you know they're they're really pacing themselves like it's going to go two hours, and I'm sick and tired of the whole five-minute overtime thing. It's just, oh, fucking terrible. Yeah. 
Well, and the other thing with the, with the uh, Cody um, Aldis match, I want to go back and watch it again, too, if, to see if I really liked it as much as I thought I liked it, because I think I told you at the time, um, or the next night when we did the review of it, that it's probably my second favorite match of the year. Um, you know, and, and you know, the, my two favorite matches of the year are both two out of three falls matches. It, you know, it's it's that one, and it's the uh, the match at Dominion between... Omega and Omega. Oh, see, and, and still my, and it's going to be interesting when we do our end of the year uh, awards because still my favorite match of the year is uh, Saber versus, or uh, not Saber, uh, Osprey versus Skrull at Dominion. Was it Dominion? Where was that? No, it wasn't Dominion. No, Osprey versus Skrull? Um, the first one in the no, year? No, the second one. The one where they uh, uh, were in the, fi- or in the semifinals of the junior heavyweight cha- title. Yeah, so that was that was that King was of Wrestling. States, no, right? that was King of Wrestling, wasn't it? No, King no King of Pro Wrestling was the finals. I so think. it was the it was the match before. It was the night before that. It was the finals then of um junior. No, not junior tag league. Hey, regardless, you know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. But I thought they faced each other in the United States. Yeah, they did at Fighting Spirit Unleashed. They did. I mean, they they faced okay. each other three times this year. Oh, I thought it was only twice. Whichever was the last one that they had, right before fight, the semifinals. It was Fighting Spirit. It, yeah, it was Fighting Spirit. Okay, that match was well. Yeah, because that was like two nights after. Because uh, remember, we said that we thought he was uh, saving himself for that match because he looked so bad against Jay Lethal. No, 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 no. You said that. I didn't. Uh, well, I, and I still believe it. But that right, that's my favorite match of the year, hands down. That was the match that had me most on the edge of my seat all year long. I mean, the only match I can think that might compete with that, and and the two out of three falls match with Kenny Omega and Okada was up there. The ZSJ match and Okada was a fun, fun match. And I think that might be up in my top five as well. What about ZSJ versus Sonata from G1 Climax? That was amazing. Yeah, we're we're actually we're you know we're and it was such great character performances by both guys. Where where you know ZSJ was just so frustrated with Sonata and he was just like kicking the ringside when he right. lost and <laughs> he was going full Suzuki on the on the young lions. <laughs> and one match that we really really haven't touched on since it happened. And mainly because, I mean, when we start doing this, what, August, September? Yeah, um, September. So we really never got a chance to give it its due. But I'm having a hard time, and I'm going to... The week before we make our our um, selections, and I know we kind of talked about it, what, what our categories are going to be, but I really need to go back and watch those top five or six matches that I think from the year, just off the top of my head. Because, I mean, I think you're right. I think the Royal Rumble from uh, this year, which is odd because we're actually going to include WWE product. Um, I think Ciampa versus Gargano is up there, too, their, their street fight. Um, but one match that's kicked off the year that still to this, you know, we're now almost at the end of the year. And it still is one of those my probably favorite matches of all time was uh, Rapungi 3K versus the Young Bucks from Wrestle Kingdom. 
I mean, yeah, that was a fun match. That yeah. kicked off Matt Jackson's career year, and just the the storytelling, the the way that they fought each other, literally everything throughout that entire match was picture perfect. There was nothing about that match that I had an argument against. Well, and they also had those, and the Bucks also had those two great matches against Evil and Sonata. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, there's no question the Bucks are the tag team of the year again. I, I, I'm not even. I, I can't, I can't, and I can't believe you didn't mention Skrull versus Okada. I'm saving that. (laughs) 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 See, this is what I'm saying. There's so many matches that it's going to be really, really hard for me to pick a top five, much less a top ten. I mean, there were so many great, great matches this year that, and this is the one thing that I am happy about. You know, I mean, when I first met you, I was all WWE all the time, and you really talked me into New Japan. You really got me onto this indie kick, and I'm the type of person that when I go, you know, something other than the top dog, I go all in. So now I've been getting you into people like Sammy Guevara and um, Joey. You didn't go all in. I went all. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Joey, <laughs> you know, but it's it's like. When there's a when there's a match coming up like Joey Janela, first thing I says, dude, YouTube this guy. He, you're going to be amazed by him, and he delivered what exactly what I said he was going to, which was which never happens, you know. And the same thing with uh, like Sammy Guevara. I've gone head over heels to watch this guy. When I first found out about um, Shingo, I first thing I did was move on and, and start watching some of his work just to find out what he's about. And I, you know, I get into occasionally like CZ, CZW, I'll get into a kick where I'll watch that like three, four nights in a row. Um, so it, it's, you've opened my eyes to everything that's going on in the independent scene. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. Because I have seen some of the best wrestling in the last year that I have seen in in 30 years before this. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing what's <clears throat> out there when you? I mean, and, and I wanted I've wanted to do this for my entire life. I mean, I, I shouldn't say my entire life, but ever since I first saw WCW vs New Japan Rumble in the Rising Sun, I've wanted to get into this kind of stuff. It's just that you know now in the last five years with you know the event of WWE Network and Honor Club and NJPW world um you know dragon gate has their own streaming service tna has their own streaming impact well i almost went through an entire show without calling see this TNA. is why I'm they just, won't put bound for glory on that app is because we keep calling them tna <laughs> this is the whole reason why we can't do it ryan contact your local impact officials and tell them we are sorry yes jeff is sorry um anyway you know, Impact has their own streaming service. Um, I mean, there's there's the High Spots channel. Um, there's you know, there, there's so many streaming services out there now where we can see content. And I and I you know I, I know I know MLW is on uh, YouTube, so I've kind of wanted to watch them too to see what, you know what they're like. Um, of course, there's the California, uh, the you know championships from California, championship wrestling from Arizona. I mean, there's so many things out there. And, well, and and you can't like, forget just like, just like and just, just just like CM Punk said in, in you know in in that quote I read you know there's so many other places to earn a living now and you know the the 
impression is that WWE is where it's at, and it doesn't. And it's not necessarily the case. And you can't forget Defiant Wrestling too. I would look back at who I mean, it was the old WCCW or WCPW. Um, you know, the fact that they've been able to put on the shows they have, and I, I think was it you I was talking earlier about it about how uh, you have to have some kind of TV deal in place, or they'll end up like WCW did, we're going bank. You just cannot rely on YouTube. Um, I Defiant Wrestling with some of the guys they've got, Walter. I'm just blown away by what I see out of Walter. And then the fact that you had um, Drew Galloway went there. What was he? The hell was his name when he was on the Independence? Drew Galloway was his name on the Independence. Then what is he now? I don't remember. McIntyre. Drew, Drew. Uh, which is awful. Anyway, um, it, it's he was able to go out and completely reinvent his career. Cody was able to go out and completely reinvent his career after being just destroyed by the Empire. And you look at so many other people that look at where AJ Styles was at the end of his TNA career. And he was able to go out and in two years time, just completely become the best in the world. You see this happen out of so many wrestlers and you look at them and go, why are you still with the evil empire? And, I can't imagine them not being able to make similar money by being self-promoters out on the independence in this day and age. Exactly. And to be able to actually be your own creative, uh, your your own creative control, and to be able to do your own thing and make your own character and put on the matches you want to put on, as opposed to, I mean, and I didn't get into this on on. Monday, and I think a lot of it was because I had like other things going on, you know, a child for one, and I don't have one right now. But um, one thing that I wa- well, you still, you, well, you still have two. It's just not they're yeah, they're not with me right now. I don't have a seven-year-old one to color right, or a three-year-old one to color right now. Um, Boy, did you just majorly age him in, <laughs> right. in ten seconds? <laughs> I, I don't have the three-year-old one to talk on the. TV or wanting to talk on the radio and look at the guy on the TV who's um, and uh, you know on my computer screen and and wanting to take me away to color and sit by me to watch his cartoons, um, which to be honest I still feel bad about. But regardless, um, one thing I you know what did, did you know did Susan tell you what I said one day about you? I, I, <laughs> that. Susan, she's gonna hate you. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm so gonna tell her colors. You're the you're, you're the one that called her. You're the one that called her. No, uh, I was trying to be discreet. Anyway, what'd she say? Um. Well, no, you said something, or she said something about. Uh, it was while we were talking about. Oh, we were, we were talking about me coming over to your place to watch the NWA oh, show. Yeah. No, no, no. That can't, no, that can't be right because she and I weren't even talking at that time. Yeah, we were talking about something else, and I. Anyway, we were talking about and and, uh, and we were talking about you and Arlo being together, and she, and she said, "I wonder what he's going to do." And I said, "Well, he'll probably be playing on his tablet and 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 uh, playing." Oh, the that puzzles. was for um, and, that and, was for the latest one, that piece of crap you made me watch. It might be. What was yeah, that so, again? So said, Wrestlecade. Yeah. Wrestlecade. Yeah. Yeah. So so I said he'll probably be playing with with uh, 
with his tablet and play and puzzles. And I said, and I'm not sure what Arlo will be doing. <laughs> That's true because I was on my tablet and playing with puzzles when I was watching that piece of crap. <laughs> it was still a great line. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, now where were we? What? We were talking about Co- we we're talking about uh, about uh, Cody, I think. Cody and the and the Bucks about their own promotion. Oh yeah, the fact that they you know they. Nowadays, being able to be your own promoter, and Marty Skrull actually said it in an interview about how years ago you had to sign with the WCWs and the um, and the WWFs at the time because that was your only paycheck. You couldn't make it on the independents. And now they can make so much money on the independents that Marty Skrull lives in a mansion. He takes care of his family. He's he's able to self-promote and work his own schedule and do his own thing and be his own creative control and put on the stories he wants to put on. That Why would you ever go to somebody that's going to take all that away from you? And I honestly... Well, that, and, and also, I mean, we saw, we, we saw what Cody said on um, when he was promoting the Aldous versus Cody fight. He said, I am now incapable of taking direction. You know, so I mean, so I mean, yeah, I mean, these guys are so independent-minded. I kind of get it with when you when you look at people like Kyle O'Reilly, who was at he was at his peak, and then he had to take time off because of his diabetes and and trying to get his life together. And you've got people like Adam Cole, who is really, to be honest, not at the level he's at now. I mean, I. I remember when he was when he faced off against Christopher Daniels and Daniels won that belt from him. And I remember thinking that this guy is a great heel. One of the could be one of the best heels in the history of the business. I mean, right up there with like Ted DiBiase. Um he just did not have the in-ring ability that he needed. On the mic, he was phenomenal. As far as just his the way he presented himself and the and the little antics he did in between, um, you know when he was not actually performing, was phenomenal. He just didn't have it in the ring. So I can understand why a guy like that who had three out of the five tools would go to the WWE. But when you've got people like the Bucks, you've got people like ZSJ, you've got people like. To be honest, Flip Gordon, who's come a long way in the last couple of years, Dalton Castle, Matt Taven, why would you not want to be an independent guy working with everybody to make your own schedule, to tell the stories you want to tell? You know, that's why you look at people like Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson and Seth Rollins and, and Dean Ambrose and even AJ Styles, and you go, why? Why would you give up? being the artist you are for a payday when you could essentially make that entire payday on your own. Yeah, that's a great point. And speaking of which, um, let's, let's go ahead and move on to the main event of this show because I'm, I'm kind of getting attacked here. So, <laughs> Anyway, so so uh, you know, speaking of, speaking of these guys that you know they make money on their own, we've got Jay Lethal taking on Cody, and this actually has a bit more story to it than than you might actually think at, at on face value because 
The first guy that Cody f- faced in Ring of Honor was Jay Lethal. And where did it happen? At Final Battle. Cody lost the World Championship a year ago at Final Battle. And Cody has never had his championship rematch. He didn't lose it at Final Battle, did he? I thought he lost it at the anniversary show. Nope, he lost it at Final Battle last was he around for a year before he lost the belt? Uh, I don't think he was He was around as a contracted wrestler. No, I mean, but has it been that long since he left WWE? Yeah, he left WWE like, uh, what, the summer of 2016? Jesus right? Christ, what the hell? What? Where yeah. has this time gone? Because he, he left WWE the same weekend that Osprey versus um, Ricochet broke the internet. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. In one of yeah. in a in a spot fest of a match. Yeah, that that uh, Bader hated. That to be honest, the match itself was not that great, but the chemistry between the two and the way that they played off of each other just made it a phenomenal experience. The fact that they came in mocking each other's entrances and everything was it was just fun and kind of and, and the selling and the selling Osprey was doing in that match made made me a fan right away. Well, I think to be honest, I think that might have been the time when I was like when I really kind of looked at things and went, "Holy shit, wrestling can be fun." Yeah, it can be fun again. It doesn't have to be this following these crappy storylines and and. You know, watching these bad matches where people kick out of finishers all the time and, you know, stuff like that, it can actually be fun again. Because I'm pretty sure that was, because I remember telling you about that match and you saying, ah, that was crap. I never said that. Well, I don't think you'd actually seen it at the time. (laughs) I think you were just saying it because it was, uh, you know, that was when I was bragging about Lucha Underground and how good it was. It must be somebody else because oh, yeah, no. it wasn't it wasn't because it wasn't me. I, I I actually think I actually think I told you about that match and I was raving about how amazing Osprey was in that match and how, and how he was like screaming like curse words when he was getting a hit and everything and how it was just it was just a blast. It, the only my only problem with all of that is you know you see a match like that and it's so I don't know what the word is not inspiring but. It it just it it brings you to another level, and then you've got people that have to do that the entire time now, like Tongaloa. Tongaloa. I, that's his thing now, you know. It, and it's not it's not just Will Osprey screaming swear words when he gets hit. It's t- there's probably twenty wrestlers in the world that do it now, and it, it takes away from that one moment because one guy got a huge pop out of it. Yeah, but. Isn't that what you want? I mean, I mean, don't you want wrestling to be like that, where where guys are 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 actually screaming the way that you actually would scream if you were in an actual fight? Yeah, not everybody screams. Some of us just fall down and bleed. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was during your period you were having. No, it's but, like you know, anything. Why do I? Anyway, so I mean. The, <laughs> so anyway, this match um, ha- does ha- does have some uh, some history behind it, and 
it, it actually would be, you know, we don't want Cody to leave, but it would actually be a great way for him to wrap up. It would actually be a poetic way for him to wrap up his career in Ring of Honor the same way he, he went out. I mean, or the same way he came in. I mean, he came in, turned heel on Lethal, kicked him in the nuts, beat him. And now if Lethal was able to actually beat him in the main event of Final Battle to, to retain his championship, it would be poetic, even though I really want Cody to win that championship back because I want basically anybody but Lethal to hold that title. To retain the um, the worst championship run I've seen in a very long time, Jay Lethal needs to drop this belt. Really, really, is it is it worse worse than uh, um Indian guy from WWE, whoever the fuck, whatever the fuck. His we stopped was. watching by then, didn't we? I well. I kind of did. I I stopped watching. I I just couldn't take him being. I remember. I, you I remember it. saying to you, Jinder Mahal won, and you just. Ugh. And then I never. I at that point, I just kind of stopped watching it myself because I realized Jinder Mahal as champion just should never happen. But it. Well, never. Neither should have. Neither should the other Indian guy have, who have held the title. Well, the other Indian really guy couldn't even walk to the ring, much less actually wrestle. He had one move. It was some kind of chop. Well, he had the claw, too. Oh, yeah, that's right, he did. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I I, think we've talked about this before, about how Jay Lethal's run as champ this time just doesn't feel anywhere near what it did last time. And I don't know if it's the fact that Truth Martinez isn't around. I mean, I wouldn't think Jay Lethal needs to have a spokesman, but did Truth Martinez really bring that much to his reign? Truth Martini. Yeah, Truth Martini. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's, I think it's truth. I think it's, there was no momentum for Lethal coming into this like there was for the other title match. Uh, you know, like against um, Cole. I, you know, I, I don't, and I think um, it's also the fact that it was just kind of rushed into this championship reign. I think it was the fact that one of his first title matches was a boring piece of shit. Um, and I, and I, I just think that, um, you know, it's, it's not, he's not the guy to carry the title right now. I'm not saying he won't ever be again. I'm not saying he wasn't in the past, but right now, because he really didn't have the moment, momentum coming in and there's so many better guys out there right now that could be carrying it. I just don't think that lethal is the right guy to hold the title right well, now. Well, he went on his whole, he went all. on his whole redemption tour. Where how he, he was going to build his way back up to the title cha- title picture, and I mean I remember saying it wasn't that long ago either three three years ago, where I was talking about him being one of the best in the world after seeing him literally carry Adam Cole through a match. Yeah, it's, it, it was that three or four years ago. It wasn't that long. Like two, like like, like two and a half. I mean, it was not that long ago where he was, in my mind, one of the best in the world. And I just, maybe it's the fact that Dalton Castle got injured and they they made the wrong path. Maybe at that time they should have put the belt back on Cody, or even at that time I think Marty Skrull, especially in that three-way match at Final, um, not Final Battle. uh, I can never, I can't keep them all straight. But that three-way, yeah, that three-way match at Best in the World, if Marty Skrull had pulled that off, I would have been all in on him. And, and I think that would have been a good time to put it back on Cody as well. 
But for you know Dalton Castle being as injured as he was to win that, only to drop it not that long later to Jay Lethal, it almost felt like they rushed Jay Lethal into it because he was he was doing the whole Tanahashi story where he was battling his way back up to the top of the card. And they just kind of, all right, you beat your last guy, let's throw you there. Where Tanahashi literally, and and I'm not sold on Tanahashi being that pillar again like he used to be, but at least the way they're telling that story is more believable than the way they rush Jay Lethal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can kind of see where they're going with the match that he won the title in. You know where it's setting up. It's set up Castle versus Taven. I assume that Lethal's going to win this match, and it'll set up Taven versus Lethal in a quote-unquote unification bout for Taven's championship. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, so I think there was a, a purpose to with the way they did things. But I, I do agree that having the t- the title change hands on a t- on a TV in a fatal four-way match where the, you know. Instead of instead of on pay per view against two of the hottest wrestlers in the world, probably wasn't the wisest decision. I mean, Jay Lethal was at that time actually making his way up the card to where he was becoming very very popular again. I he just and then they throw the belt on him and all of a sudden he's like eh, just another guy. And it, it's like I could I could have seen a feud between him and Dalton Castle where Jay Lethal's playing the man's man and Dalton Castle is playing his flamingo character, I think that would have been magic together. And I think had Lethal come out winning the title after that feud, it'd be a little bit better position than it is. The fact that Dalton Castle got hurt when he did really, really fucked a lot of things up. A lot of things that could have potentially um, been um, great. You do know that Dalton Castle and Silas Young had a had that kind of a feud like two years ago, right? Yeah, and it was fucking amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great because the boy because because actually Silas Young got the boys. Right. He and could you could you imagine Jay Lethal having the boys as caddies for a while? Ah, oh, that'd be phenomenal. That's good television. That's just, that's just racist. It's good television. It's <laughs> <laughs> just good television. So, are we? St- we're still talking, man. It's been. What is wrong with us? Yeah, we are. Anyway, let's let's run down the uh, let's run down the card for for final battle. So, okay. Um, and, and our prediction. So, Marty Skrull versus Christopher Daniels. I've got Skrull in that one. I've got Skrull. Because I I, I, I I think something will, I think something will happen on TV to keep Daniels a job. I don't think he's going to keep the title. Act- I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna lose and hit absolute rock bottom before he somehow gets it. He gets the job. I don't think that. I I think he's done. I truly do. Okay. I think this is the end for for Christopher Daniels. I think he's going to be um, done after this, and uh, he's gonna come back as a manager. That's just that's my thinking right now. Okay. Fair enough. Um, and then we have uh, the women's championship match. We have Sumi Sakai versus Madison Rain versus Karen Q versus Kelly Klein. I think they have right the ship here and put the title on the person who should have had it the entire time in Kelly Klein. 
And I think it's going to Kelly Klein after this time. I think Sumi Sakai, as great as she is, is not the champion that they're going to have going in the new year. I really think Kelly Klein should have had it from the start, and I think she's going to continue. Or she's going to take it now. Yeah, and it, and, and then I think we can have Kelly Klein take on um, uh, what's her name, Emma. Can't think of her, her name in Arwish anymore. But I, I think that we can have a great match between the two of them coming up at one of the major shows next year. Yeah, I think we can. And what the fuck is her name? Tennille Dashwood. Tennille Dashwood, that's what. How can I not remember an, a, a um, simple name like that? <laughs> an amazing name like that. It is amazing. And he skipped, o- he skipped over one here. No, I was just putting the women's match where it belongs. Um, oh, okay. We have the... Battle of the Awesome Dudes and Jeff Cobb taking on Hangman Page. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Hangman retains his ROH World Television Championship. You know, he, he won it the best in the world from Punishment Martinez. He's not been defeated for it yet. And I think that Jeff Cobb is going to end up losing here and might regain it like on one of the TV shows. As much as I hope that happens, I've got to go with Cobb. I really do. I think that... Uh, the amount they've invested in Cobb, the physical freak that he is, I just think that Cobb, and I love Hangman Page, you know that. I, I'm not as big a supporter as you are, but I'm like the second biggest. I I just think Jeff Cobb is going to take it in what could be one of the best matches on this card easily. Easily. I just don't think Hangman Page is, is, has, has a, bought his ticket for the tour of the Iowa, so I think he's going to end up Taking down Page, maybe not with the um, with the rite of passage, which I think would be amazing, but you know maybe with the buckshot lariat, maybe with a roll up. But Page is walking out still. The Ring of Honor World. Yeah, I think this is the one match we're going to disagree on. All right. I'm just going. I'm going with Cobb on this one. And now we have the ladder war, three-way ladder war between SCU versus the Briscoes versus the Young Bucks. And, man, as much as I would like to see the Bucks win, as much as I would even like to see the Briscoes become 10-time tag team champions, I think this one's going to be SCU still holding on to their champions. I have and, to and agree. It's going to be an amazing, hard-hitting affair. I have to agree simply because they needed to keep their jobs, even though they've quote-unquote signed their – there's some loophole. They need this to keep their job, so I think SCU is going to hold on to it as well. Plus, I mean, if you think about it, you got the young bucks who have pretty much been non-existent for the last what two months, mm-hmm. and the Briscoes have had their time. I think now is the time that somebody new carries it into the new year, and I really think SCU is that team to be the upper echelon. And I think if the Bucks stick around on a per diem basis and the Briscoes are better chasing than they are holding. Plus, if they don't win the championship, it's a priest Jay up to, to chase for the world title, which he's already held twice. To. I'd like to see Mark hold it. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I know, but I'd still like to see it. Okay. Yeah, we, we, yeah Red, Redneck Kung Fu as the world champion would be kind of cool. Right. <laughs> Do you realize it took you know, me and almost? And let's just take a moment to honor the greatness that the fro- that that is the froggy bow. That's just, oh. that's such a cool move. 
Do you realize that it took me three years to tell them apart? (laughs) (laughs) I always knew that uh, Jay was the one. Jay's the one with the beard. Yeah, what? Jay's the one with the beard. Yeah, Jay's the one with no teeth, right? (laughs) Right, Jay's the one that wears black. Uh, Right, okay. Anyway. Watch the damn tapes. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I I love their t-shirt that says that. It's just awesome. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got Bully Ray taking on Flip Gordon in, in the match that you have predicted will steal the show in an I Flip. quit match. It's going to be Flip. I think he pulls it out with interference from Silas Young. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's got to. I think I think this has got to be a Flip Gordon win. He's got to finally end the storyline and move on to uh, bigger and better things for him. You know, and, you know, you know I, I, I could actually see um, I could actually see Flip being the next major contender for the TV title if uh, Cobb walks away with that championship. God, that would be a hell of a match. It would. It'd be a lot, a lot of fun with with Cobb's athleticism and, and size versus Gordon's speed and athleticism. God, that would just be... That would be an... Uh, okay, I'm in. I want to see that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, We then have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Mr. Boring Guy. Who cares? Move on. All right. We have Matt Taven. I'm sorry. We have Matt, I'm Matt Taven taking on Dalton Castle in what's going to be a great, great match. Um, I think that Taven will end up holding on to his, to his real-world championship heading towards a showdown title versus title against either Lethal or Cody. Um but I mean, I, I really think that this is this is going to be a great match, and and uh, you know, I hope it's not the last match between these two guys because there's so much bad feeling here, and it's it's a really it's a really great chance for Matt Taven to showcase on a big stage how great he can really be. We saw it in CMLL, um, being able to see it on Ring of Honor in a one-on-one match. I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, we've been seeing it for quite a while. But not, I, one, but not really one-on-one. <clears throat> no, you're right. I mean, but just his character development and the fact that he's he's an athletic freak, to be honest with you. The things he does in CMLL and seeing him kind of pull that out in Ring of Honor, it's like I think I said earlier, he's, he's, he's cracked my top ten. He might even be in my top five lately with the run he's had over since that CMLL. A, um, what eighty fifth anniversary show? I, I just I I'm a Matt Taven fan, and my feelings on this is it's not going to be Matt Taven lethal. Matt Taven's going to pull this off and win this, and at best in the world, it's going to be Matt Taven versus Dalt Castle for unification belt or title match. And best in the world or at Supercard? Best in the world. All right, so we still but we still have the, we still have the anniversary show before that. We still have Supercard yep. before that. And I yeah. think I think Dalton Castle wins it at, uh, wins it back at uh, anniversary show, and then he has his one off rematch with Lethal at Supercard, and then Matt Taven Dalton Castle for unification at uh, at Best in the World. That could be very fun. And that brings us to the other world title match on the show, 
Jay Lethal taking on Cody in I mean their their match at Final Battle twenty sixteen was really good. Um and Cody's only gotten better since then, well as as lethal has got has been lethal since then. Um sometimes, sometimes on our eyes, sometimes on his opponents. Um always always on on uh, Chris Coleman as a color commentator. Right. <laughs> but, right, right. but uh you know I'm still going to go on a limb and say Cody wins the championship. I'm going with Lethal. I, I mean, I just laid out my next year's worth of plans here, and it doesn't work if Lethal, if unless Lethal wins it. Well, unless he wins it back, like I said, at one of the TV tapings or a final battle or something. Then, I mean, Although at, at, uh, Risk Kingdom or something. But I mean, I really, um, I, I really don't think that all the elite guys are going to lose. So I, I so I'm going to go with Cody winning this one. Although, if Cody wins, it sets up another. Castle Cody rematch and to have Castle beat Cody again. Oh, that w- would that not sit well with a narcissistic American nightmare? Oh my God, that would be amazing. That would keep him around Ring of Honor. It would. That and and that's the kind of feud that I could see dragging into all elite wrestling and into NWA and into other promotions too. I think that it it. If that would happen, if Cody would win, Dalton Castle would beat him at, say, uh, anniversary show, mm-hmm. or even at TV tapings the next night. Um, I could really see that being the type of of feud that could carry promotions and make Dalton Castle a superstar. Yeah, that, that's it's, it's that's going to be awesome. I mean, I think no matter which way it goes, it's going to be awesome. This is going to be a great, great show. I am really, you know, I I I will even say I'm looking forward to this show more than I am for Wrestle Kingdom right. Now. Have did we disagree on any of these? Uh, yeah, we disagree. Well, we disagree on the Cobb on, on the Cobb page. I think Cobb that was page, it. And then, well, and you said, do you think Lethal's going to pull this one out over over Cody? So I do, but at the same time, I can see how Cody would. But I I just think Lethal's going to pull it out. All right, so we. So there we go. Those are our official predictions for Final Battle. Make sure you tune in next time on the show where we will review Final Battle. And please make sure you watch this show. It's going to be awesome. And Jeff, why don't you hit our hit the social media plug? Um, look us up on Twitter. Uh, hashtag King of Honor. I check it uh, daily to see if there's anything out there. Uh, we've got a very loyal listener in Ryan that uh, gives me match suggestions all the time. Sometimes I like them and watch them. Actually, most of the time, Ryan, I like them and watch them. A couple times I've passed, but you know that is what it is. Uh, it's time yeah, constraint. Yeah, yeah, I sent you, sent you a whole bunch of UK stuff to watch. Yeah, I know, and and I'm actually I've got those on my list. I really want to see those Pete Dunn matches because he's a guy that's really grown on me over the years. Um, but you can also follow us at Regi Co-op at Zanman L O P on Twitter. Um, follow Zanman for wrestling talk. Follow me for just really just gibberish uh, and lots of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and uh, look us up on Facebook. Uh, this is something that is actually we're tr- I'm trying to make more of a um, community than a Twitter type thing is where you know I want your feedback I want your messages I want your comments I want your I want your uh, a wall posts uh, I put a poll up there every single week and this week it's uh, <clears throat> how do you think the elite are uh, the elites going to do in their new promotion so you know look us up uh, just search Kingdom of Honor it's a, a skull in front of a um, the 
the profile picture is a skull with a ring in the background, a crown on top. Uh, look us up, add us on there, like us on there, follow us on there, share with your friends. You know, all the usual stuff. Yep. So, and then make sure also make sure you turn, you tune in to all the other shows here on Lords of Pain Radio. On uh, tomorrow we have Global Revolution along with One Nation Radio. On Wednesday we will have Sports Entertainment is Dead. On Thursday the Perfect Ten Wrestling Podcast. On Friday the right side of the excuse me the right side of the pond. And then of course we'll be back with you next week to take uh, like I said to talk about my battle and review the the shit out of it. <laughs> Until then, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. And this is Dan Man saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying goodbye.